Welcome to episode 21 of Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast. To the haters who said it couldn't be done, here we are doing it again. Exactly, and I'm Single White Medusa here, along for the ride. We're going to have a good time today. Yeah, I mean, we finished our deep dive yesterday. Mm-hmm. We did CrossFit today, we did a mini Murph. Yeah. And that smoked us, and then lo and behold, pro-CrossFitter Nicole... Single white Medusa says, let's go to the abs. And we go to the abs. And and that might sound like whatever, but that never happens. Trust no, me. No. It's always Nick pushing me and I'm like, can't we just be done? Everybody involved, their jaw hit the floor. I'm like, and Come we on, were like, what? But we did it. We followed her into battle. It was great. And we whipped it. We whipped ourselves. And then... We went and had a nice salad, and we had a cup of coffee, and uh, now we're going to do our podcast, and we're going to talk about all the craziness in the world and the craziness of our lives. Today's podcast is sponsored by myself and the novel Control-Alt-Revolt, which the podcast is named after. Uh, You'll see it there in the show notes, in the link on the page. You can pick it up. It's uh, basically Night of the Living Dead meets Artificial Intelligence. It's a fun read. It's the book that I won the Dragon Award for, which is the most prestigious award in all of science fiction, and I have two of those. Not that awards mean anything. In fact, they mean very little. Uh, What means something is sales and and the affection of people who read your books and, and continue to show up because you have integrity to tell them a good story, and they've had a pretty good time. But if you haven't read Control Alt Revolt the podcast, now is a good time to jump in there. Well, not the podcast, oh, just yeah. the book. <laughs> Control. There is no Control Alt Revolt the podcast, the book. But if you haven't read uh, Control Alt Revolt, uh, I think you'll find it's actually a really funny, interesting, exciting, futurist science fiction, artificial intelligence, robots uh, adventure. It's very an adventure book. Uh, there's some some Star Trek, Starfleet battles elements that people really dig. Some MMO elements, and the interesting thing is there is a certain faction that hate that book because um, they felt that it was an attack on left wing policy. But that's just the first chapter, and that was just for a reason. And it actually got me fired from HarperCollins. But the rest of the book is kind of just pure fun and a lot of a lot of fun. But that's the low info left. Uh, they just need the headline to try, convict, and shoot you on the back wall. Speaking of getting shot, mm-hmm. uh, it's what's coming out of the news lately is that uh, first off, this uh, this this China virus, China. the Wu flu, <laughs> uh, did come from a weapons lab. Now notice, there's a lot of water not crossed. There's a lot of like assumption. Well, it leaked. It leaked. You'll see the mainstream. Well, okay, first off, it's an assumption to think that a weapons that a weapon leaked. Uh it's more it's a safer assumption to expect that a weapon was used. Weapons are made to be used. I'm not saying it was used on purpose. I'm just saying people are making are, are putting more into the assumption that was leaked with no evidence. Because that's the safest, most conservative, most China-friendly way to say it. But really, in reality, weapons are often used. They're made and then they're used. So I don't know where people get their evidence for you know wanting to assume that it was leaked. That's a big assumption based on no evidence. You're, you're safer to assume that a weapon was used. But the head researcher 
Zhu Zhenzhou or something like that. Zhu Yuzhen, maybe? Zhu Yuzhen. Um, don't hold either of us yeah. to those names. But <laughs> I no, I think it was Zhu Yuzhen. Yeah. Um, don't go looking for her. She's dead. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, she's dead as of last May. And here's an interesting thing that surfaced. She is on a uh, patent application with the, C- the CCP um, for the Chinese ministry and military um, for a vaccine in February. Now, February is when we were all first like locking down, figuring out this virus. They were already working on a vaccine, which indicates that they knew it was a weapon and that they that they had foreknowledge that it had been used and they were already in the vaccine process, already patenting. So again, this leads credence to the idea that this was a bioweapon, that it did come from a bioweapons lab. And remember, bioweapons labs don't have big signs out front that say bioweapons labs. They say research and, you know, institute of, and that's a bioweapons lab. And um, Fauci was involved in it, and and our our government was funding it. I'm not totally sure, though. Uh, I, I think China and the left, um, which serves China, is going to really make sure that we are the ones who are responsible for this. Um, but I really do think it was the Chinese that released this. Um, the head researcher who who developed it is now dead, and her name was on a patent application well in front of everybody. Those are the things that can be known. You can make your own assumptions from there. But I guess I'd give you a little heads up today, a little look into the future. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a fortune teller, but I can kind of smell which way things are going. And I would be, I, I would, I would be of the, of, of the guess in all likelihood, we are going to end up in a war with China sooner than later. The big prediction <clears throat> a little while back ago was three to five years. I think that this will accelerate rapidly. And I think we are going to end up in a shooting war with China pretty quickly. Um, the question is, will the Chinese realize that and go for strike? They've already told their, their country to prepare for nuclear war. They think that we will go to nuclear war. I don't know that that's likely. But there is a case to be made for actually using a nuclear weapon now and getting rid of the, the bioweapons labs, you know, cleansing by nuclear fire and then letting the uh, letting the fallout, pardon the pun, fall where it may. But I, I think you'd really want to show, like, remember, China has a lot of bioweapons labs and those are dangerous. The United States technically is not allowed to, to have bioweapons, um, but China is all in on that. That's a That's a big open secret. So if I was going to be safe and I was going to protect the American people, yeah, I'd probably authorize nuclear weapons. I would probably turn China into a giant glass parking lot. I feel bad for the Chinese people that are the slaves of the Chinese Communist Party, but five million dead, um, and no one's no one's getting upset about that for a bioweapon that was released by China on purpose. You know, now we've entered the age of Stalin. Stalin said that, you know, a car accident is a tragedy, but a a five million dead is just a statistic. So, you know, the Chinese have lured us into that, that, you know, mass casualties are just a statistic. That's five million dead. That's five. We went to war over 3,000 dead with all of Islam. 
So we're looking worldwide. I think the United States will realize there's a consensus and there's money to be had, which was how the Boxer Rebellion started, in making China pay for what it purposely did this time. So I think that you're going to see a world consensus develop against China. And I think, I, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I, I'm feeling like there's going to be a war. I think the Dems and the neocons, who are warmongers, will want this war. Um, I think it's Joe Biden's only hope. I think there will probably mar be martial law out of it. Um, the things that we have to expect out of it. I'm pretty confident in the Iron Dome system that we have in the United States. Uh, what's on display in Israel. I think the United States allowed Iron Dome to be used extensively uh, because in Israel because they wanted to demonstrate to the world that they have that technology. The United States right now is funding a lot of money at Israel despite the rhetoric on both sides. They want to make sure the world knows that we can shoot down whatever you have coming at us. The UFO thing is coming at us. So... Um, but the biggest threats that we're going to face is China's going to use nukes to defend itself, and it's going to use asymmetrical warfare in the form of a cyber war, which, when you look at the global elite cabal that gamed out coronavirus, they're now gaming out cyber war. So very safe bet that you're going to have a cyber war. We are actually in a hot cyber war right now. No one is telling you that, but I have friends in the industry who are working on that, and it's, it's absolutely quite devastating. The problems you're having with phones and websites, that's all cyber war. The cyber war that would happen when we go hot would probably be pretty brutal and we'd lose some infrastructure. So I think that um, we're pretty close to shooting at each other. I think that the virus thing is going to blow up. I think that the left are going to sacrifice their own, like Fauci, to get the blame off of themselves and ultimately pin it on China. And so if you're on the left and you're thinking you're safe... I would say you are in the most precarious and dangerous of situations because you are about to be sacrificed for your own um, so that we can go to war with China and so that there can be war profiteering off of China. This is not necessarily going to be the war for oil. This is, a, this is actually a realistic fight for our, our existence. Um, this is the only thing that brings the dollar back to supremacy, that clears our debts. Really, when you look at it, there are so many reasons why the United States should want a war with China right now. We have to fight a quick and decisive war. We have to disable them and then move to a bombing campaign. So I think there's going to be something very violent and dramatic. They've already given us cause by hitting us with a bioweapon. I think that if parts of our government were more open and transparent and interested in the pursuit of the truth, you'd actually see that. So I don't know. I hope not. Be a big loss of life. We'll probably lose a West Coast city. Um, they're you know they're going to use a nuclear weapon. Maybe Iron Dome shoots that down. Um, but there's going to be this ain't going to be again like the war in Islam where it doesn't hurt at home other than 9/11. There's going and we are we have a heavy Chinese population. Is every Chinese person on the side of China? No, but there are. I I, I would I would tell you that it is my suspicion that there are already Chinese military units inside the United States as guerrillas. There are spies. There are reports of the Chinese tra training in both Canada and Mexico. So this is things that the mainstream media and the left don't want you to look at. But if you actually put all these things together, they can be verified and they are happening. And it's as, it's as sure as looking at clouds on the horizon and beginning to realize that, yes, most likely we are about to end up in a major conflict. I think it could be short and brutal. I think it'll be decided with a fleet battle. 
It'll be decided with some sort of limited nuclear exchange. I think we'll come out on top in both those things. And then what it's going to be, it's going to return to uh, the army of occupation. Same as, uh, um, you know, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, bombing campaigns, bringing them to their knees. I don't know. There's some biblical, you know, in Revelations indications that it might not go like that, actually, for the United States. China might actually come out supreme, you know, but we won't bother the people that aren't interested in, in, in the Bible with those kind of things. But there are things in the Bible, especially ter- during during the end times, that show China as the player and the United States not so much. So you have to consider that. And you don't have to consider that. I consider that. But if I'm using my sort of realistic wargaming planning, storytelling Here's what I'm seeing. I'm kind of seeing it go this way. I think we're going to end up in some sort of hot conflict. I think it's going to be dangerous. Um, do I expect a full-on invasion of the United States? No. But you know what? You should expect it. That'd be the best thing to do because it's better not not to have that happen and be overprepared than to um, than to uh, not be prepared at all and say it couldn't happen. What is being prepared? Um, You should have weapons. You should have food supplies because infrastructure will probably be damaged. You should have your medicine supplies. You should have your power supplies. You should be getting together in a community of like-minded people, sort of at shooting clubs or self-defense institutes or, and uh, you know, like I think everybody should have a small grade fire team, Um, maybe four people all with different specialties that you can rely on each other to group up, link up and support each other. In if there is civil disturbance, there will be. We know the Antifa will come out on the side of China. There will be bad actors. There will be asymmetrical behind the lines, guerrilla warfare. So I think you're gonna want a community um, that can support and defend you. You're gonna want a radio communication system. You can pick up these sort of crank radios and things like that. I would get all the, um, the frequencies to kind of pay attention to because I, I'm probably sure the internet's going to go in that first strike, especially if it's a cyber strike or a nuclear strike. Could be an EMP. Hate to alarm everybody. Hope it doesn't happen. But it certainly does look like the evidence is starting to mount that this was a bioweapon. The assumptions are being made in sort of a cautious way to say, no, 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 this was a this was an accidental release. I think the deeper you dig, you're going to find it wasn't an accidental release. And I think that there is a case to be made by war profiteering type people who will come around and realize, you know what, it is in our best interest to go ahead and nuke China. We get rid of the debt. We get goods and prizes. It's another expeditionary war. It's not really that. Actually, you know, if, if the United States to stay on top, Um, we do need to deal with China. We've built a Frankenstein. The Frankenstein is ungrateful. It views us as an enemy. The Frankenstein now needs to be dismantled. Easiest way to do it, in my opinion, it's really, it's the worst, worst way to do it, but it's the easiest with the the best uh, chances for the United States. Um, Go ahead and get the Iron Dome up. Uh, All U.S. uh, air forces right now in the South Pacific are being distributed across a variety of air bases. They're being moved away from the major air bases, and they're actually being stationed on smaller islands. That tells you they're afraid of a Chinese first strike, and they want to be able to hit from multiple locations. So all all those chess pieces are moving. What I would do, I'd go ahead and hit them with nuclear weapons. And, uh, and come out on the, on the front side of that. We also have, I think, some weapons we don't talk about, things like Rods of God, satellite warfare, and everything like that. But 
China probably is responsible for 5 million dead, is a threat to the rest of the world, and needs to be knocked out. It certainly seems like it's going that way. That's just me kind of breaking it down. I really hope I'm wrong. I hope it's not going that way. But those are sort of the indicators that are coming out of COVID, the Wu flu. Um, it's not, it, it, every day reveals it not to be an accident. Have the rods of God ever been used? I think they have been used once. I think that they were used on a North Korean site, yeah. that they did detect a nuclear blast, and that was their testing site, but it wasn't a North Korean nuke. I think they, I think that was during the Trump administration. I think they used one of the rods of God, and they knocked out a heavy bunker facility um, to, to basically make it to clear to the North Koreans to not act up. Mm, interesting. So I don't know. That's always just been a suspicion of mine. And if we go to war with China, yeah. the bonus would be that we could defend Taiwan in the process, which kind of a lot of people right. feel needs to be done yeah. anyway. The Not United States war, the United but... States has to defend Taiwan because that's how we project power into the, the 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 Pacific region, the eastern Pacific region. You you know, you'll see the libertarians and you'll see the young kids and the millennials basically saying, Well well I don't want that. I don't think we need to do that. Well if you don't do that then you're a third world nation and someone else projects power in there and then they ultimately project it against you. You may not like how the stakes are cut, but you do enjoy the stakes of your Nike, your mobile phone, and your your uh, your your fun hipster rave lifestyle. Well, that's how the stakes get cut, by you being number one in a nation that's striving for number one. And to be number one, you have to project power. You let go of that region and another power, nature abhors a vacuum, um, another power will move in there, and once they control that, they will begin to project power onto the West Coast, and they will dictate terms, and you will not like those terms. Mm -hmm. You think the United States is racist. You think the United States is bad. You haven't been to the rest of the world. It's far more racist, far more corrupt, far more awful, and they don't like you. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sorry, go fix them before you fix us. Exactly. One more question. Sure. Um, so you said that um, the neocons obviously always want war, it seems, yes. But yes. you also said the Democrats, you think, do as well. But they've been so in the pocket of China. How do you think that all shakes out? Like, you think because ultimately they would go to war with China? Because they're scumbags and, and they, 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 they will realize they've got to know that China's playing them. Mm -hmm. China's buying them. They're mercenaries. Yeah. So China's buying them with money for influence and everything like that. They, they've got to know, though, that they're getting paid in dollars. And if China does win, they're going to tank those dollars. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to cut the leash with China by making sure China... It, mainly, you know, when we talk about China, there is an important differentiation to make, and that's China and that's the CCP. Now, the CCP is the People's Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party, and or the PRC, and they are the real problem in China. And so if you could get rid of that, China could have another chance. But the problem is the PRC controls every aspect of your life. You can't have a company in China without having sort of a party affiliate, even an American mm -hmm. company. Yeah. So, you know, if you can find a way to get rid of that, you're going to have a great time. And China could actually prosper. But they don't seem to be relinquishing power, and they seem to be getting worse, and their own people seem to be, especially the elect chosen people within their society, 
seem to be profiting off that than coming to the United States and living pretty high on the hog. A lot of the Chinese here are trying to get their money out of China because they sense that, you know, that it's unstable. China is unstable. They're having a lot of ecological disasters. Um, China, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, is a paper tiger. Um, I think a devastating blow could bring it to its knees pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to have to have the will to, to do that devastating blow. I think the left will see that it would be financially advantageous and advantageous and reputationally advantageous to them to go ahead and do this war that they want. Um, they always want war because they profit from war. Mm-hmm. And with military contracts, with, you know, Joe Biden's brother building an apartment complex in the Beijing green zone, things like that. So they always want those things. It just seems more and more like every day now the case is being made um, very slowly to bring the people, American people around to realize China's a big threat, which it is. Mm-hmm. And, and going to war with it is a matter of a fight for our existence. But don't mistake that. That would be really good for the United States. We would end up on top. Um, the, we, you know, they, we would have all, I think we would have all the benefits that we have of supply from China by actually controlling that supply. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's a theory that we could take China, take their development and everything like that, and then own it directly. I mean, a war with China is just really a war with the CCP, cutting Mm -hmm. the CCP out of the middle. The big tech giants, they might want to do that. They might want to become the new CCP in China. <laughs> and so I do think China is about to get played by the left. And how do I know that? Well, the left is pretty scummy. They'll, you know, there's not a bottom they won't sink to. So if they were willing to stab their own in the back yeah. and stab us in the back in the back on the election and with Trump, I don't put it past them to stab China in the back. I don't think they're that loyal at the end of the day. But they do like that money. Now, that money could dry, dry up in a war. Or that money could dry up if they bring us to our knees. China won't be paying those dollars if they don't have to. So it's it's within the left's best interest to end China now, clean up their reputation, and actually take control of China in large portions. So, you know, you could go flip back to the biblical prophecy and say... Maybe China is proxy U.S. in the end times. How's that? Well, if China invades, you know, in the book of Revelations, China invades in the, from the east. Right. Um, what if, you know, we go to war with China and big tech and the neocons and the Dems um, create China as sort of a new occupied state, oh, a tech giant state, and then they begin to use China to do all the things they can't do yeah. in the United States. So like while still maintaining the United States as sort of their protective home. Okay. I could see them using China to do all the things. Like yeah. right now, you know, they're very hamstrung in China. Like they can't get into they can't do a lot of the things they want. The a lot, internet's very restricted in China. Um I think what big tech says is like, well, what if we got rid of the CCP? They would have access to a lot more people in China. And they would also, if they own those means to production, they would, like, they're basically right now using all those means to production, but they have to pay the CCP their VIG. Well, why not go to war and own those means and those peasant slaves 
um, under, you know, the auspices of it being a war, you know, you know, like a conquered country and we're rebuilding it and all the lies that they tell, but it's really theirs. Yeah. And then you could see them going to war on Israel like from the East and things like that. Yeah. It's not really the United States, but it's, a, it's, a, it could be a scenario. Like it doesn't necessarily see that, say that the CCP is there, but it, it could actually be quote unquote us. Hmm. That is actually an interesting theory. Well, that's or, what I do. Interesting theories. Yeah. <laughs> Should we uh, get to one more yeah. topic? Yeah. And get your fractured take on it? My fractured Nicholas <laughs> Fane-esque takes. Come on. Let's see. See. <laughs> now this. This. Now, now, now this. Oh. <laughs> um, Joe Biden. Look come up on. a video of uh, Fred Armstead doing Nicholas Fane, if you don't know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> it used to be a funny skit. So, no, I was curious about um, what your thoughts are on this whole Bitcoin thing, the the apparent uh, FBI getting most of the ransom back on that colonial pipeline that was paid in Bitcoin. Um, also, like the, a bunch of South America countries suddenly said they will now accept Bitcoin as tender. So there's that as like background on it, but mainly like your thoughts on, do you think the FBI was able to seize that Bitcoin? No, I don't think so. And this is, again, you said opinion, so I'm giving you my opinion. I don't have any hard facts or whatever. Just looking, you know, the FBI has pulled a lot of garbage moves and it's gotten more garbagey lately. So it wouldn't be unsurprising to me that this was staged as a war on Bitcoin um, to basically first shut down, you know, create an incident, a shutdown, um, have this nefarious hijacking, and then lo and behold, the FBI rides in and gets all the money back and everything's great. It it all feels very sta- staged. Um, smarter people than myself can talk about it, but, you know, that's the whole blockchain thing. It's it's fairly unhackable. You would have to have a quantum computer, which is very much in its infancy right now. Now, would the, the FBI have that? Sure. Maybe. 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 But it was the whole thing was too staged. Even the FBI coming in and saying, look, we saved the day, toting their own horn, trumpeting their own horn. Um, really just trying to make themselves... I mean, this is as bad as the FBI TV show back in the day. It's kind of all propaganda. So I don't buy it. Um, I think that the U.S. is very much worried about cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency does seem to be a new freedom. South America, starting with El Salvador, which is Latin America, now several South American nations, Paraguay, Brazil, I think Argentina, a few others, jumped in and said that they're going to accept Bitcoin as legal tender. So there is a growing move towards uh, Bitcoin. Now, Trump came out yesterday and he said... Uh, he doesn't like Bitcoin. He likes the dollar. Now, a lot of people will just chalk that up as Trump being a boomer, and it could be, but that's kind of not how Trump does things. Trump will say stuff, and then he'll wait for that side to make an argument to him about why it's valid. He's done this before. And then what he'll do is he'll evolve on that. One of the things that was very interesting about Trump's presidency, I'll give people that he kind of didn't know what he was doing when he first came in. Um, But you have to remember one thing about Trump. Trump is like a running back, like a great NFL running back. He he just smells daylight. 
He knows where to go in the defense, and he couldn't even explain it to you. I think it's just a skill for him. But Trump can find daylight, like, intuitively. Like, how to get through obstructions and things like that. He's a master negotiator. He really is. But one of the things that people who knew Trump during the the thing during the presidency said is that he was an incredible learner on the job. And you do see, if you look at everything he did, yeah, we can all say he had some personnel problems and things like that. But Trump evolved on that job, made mistakes, learned from them, and kept going. Unlike Joe Biden, who just makes mistakes, doesn't learn, and then tells you it's gold. Mm-hmm. He takes a dump in your living room and then tells you it's gold. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, if you're in the party, you have to go, yes, this is gold. I love this gold. <laughs> you know, but Trump actually was somebody who made mistakes, learned from his mistakes, and then didn't repeat his mistakes. And he also had that running back smell daylight ability. So Trump has done this before. Make a strong statement on something let the criticism come, the argument of it come, and then go to that position. So why would he be doing that in Bitcoin? Because I think the same reason Elon Musk is. A lot of the powerful elite realized they missed the boat on early Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. They didn't buy it when it was low, like the Winklevosses, and they could have capitalized on it. So what they're trying to do now is they're trying to tank the the price of Bitcoin Mm -hmm. so that they can scoop it up, yeah. And then let it go back up and replace the gold standard and they can have that that level of wealth. So what you'll see with Trump is the Bitcoiners will say, Trump, you don't know. It's so brilliant. Libertarian, freedom, freedom, all this kind of stuff. And Trump will go, I like Bitcoin now. Once he's collected enough of it and then uh, the, everybody on the MAGA side will then buy Bitcoin and everybody on the liberal side who's now buying it because they hate Trump, mm-hmm. then they'll be like, oh, now I have to sell Bitcoin. Now there'll be a bigger sale. So if you look at everything that Trump did, that's kind of how he plays. Never accept the first thing that he says because it's not his position. Um, he'll move to the next position and he'll, you know, it's just daylight. He's, he's that running back wherever you set up your defenses, he's not going to be there. Right. And, and he's also going to lure you by quick cuts and moves to go where he doesn't want you to go so that he can go there and get daylight. Trump is not a quarterback. You can, you can tell that from the leadership and he's not a linebacker. He doesn't just, you know, stomp down on people. Trump was always a running back. He's always going to find daylight. That's what he does. So when I saw that on Bitcoin, um, it's very interesting. I'm still strong on Bitcoin. I think it's a good investment. Um, I don't think you should play with any money that you can't afford to lose. And this isn't official and investment advice. this isn't official advice, investment advice. Apparently we have to say. You know, but uh, <laughs> there's really some strong arguments on Bitcoin, and I'd have some rather than none if I were you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always diversify. Yeah, you can have all the things. It's a great thing to have in yeah. your diversification. But it's amazing how many things that people want you to invest in that the establishment is already locked up. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, playing the stock market is 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 a rigged game. Well, we really saw that this year, yeah. for sure. The only people who make money in <laughs> the stock market are the brokers, you know. Yeah. And so that's you know that's that's a rigged game. And then the gold people, you know, they want you to buy it. The silver people, and you know, investments are a con. I would say always at the end of the day, invest in you. But mm-hmm. if, if you've got some money and everything like that, the, the Bitcoin thing, not all cryptocurrency, because all cryptocurrency is centralized, except for Bitcoin, which is decentralized. And I, I, I'll, like, I, would, I would jump over to Orange Pill Podcast when they do one this week and talk about what happened with the FBI. 
and some other podcasts, and I would see what their arguments are, but I think we're going to find out everybody's going to call Pucky on the FBI and say, no way you hacked black blockchain to steal crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a bit. If you did, if you did, uh, then then it's not crypto. And I don't know that much about quantum computers, but let's say that they that we even have one, you know, the FBI or whatever. Would it? Do you know? Would it be be able to do it that quickly, or would it take longer if it was even able to do it? Like I I'm guessing it might take a while, but I don't I don't know that much about it. I know that when someone used an example to me because China was really starting to go in on crypto. And they said for China to dominate and basically hack most of the crypto market, it would take all their computing power and everybody in the world would see it. Mm. And there wouldn't be any available availability for um, devices, chips, and computers, which actually is going on right now. So maybe that's happening. People are bl- blaming it on the supply chain. But I just know that it's a pretty huge feat to do it. Now, um, there are people... Who, I, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion on this, but uh, out of the gate, hot take, no, uh, it was, it was, it, I, I think it was all uh, either a staged exercise or the FBI is claiming, um, oh, we did it and who's going to dispute them? Mm-hmm. Like what are the, the hackers going to come out? <laughs> I know. They're going to say, oh, I guess we got away with it because you can never charge us for something you said you recovered. So I, I don't know that I, I think that's kind of a stupid move on their part. But mm-hmm. again, you know, look at the FBI. I mean, Comey was at the top of it, and he's as dumb Yikes. as a bag of hammers. Like, and yeah. and he was a he was a patently evil person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on with the FBI. And again, that rant about you know, the rank and file are all good. It's just the people at the top. I don't know rank and file. Maybe you might you guys might want to clean that up because it's you guys are all starting to get a pretty bad reputation. Um, th- this stuff is getting pretty shady yeah. and I'd like to think that you're not or whatever, but, uh, good feelings and goodwill only go so far in the face of actions. And right now I think all of us are seeing a lot of scumbaggery for sure. And you know, if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it might just be a duck. <laughs> You might be a redneck. If you've ever climbed to the top of a water tower with a can of paint to defend your sister's honor, then you might be a redneck. <laughs> Sounds like it. I know. <laughs> that was Jeff Foxworthy. I mean, he mined the hell out of those jokes. I know. Yeah. I haven't heard about him in a while. Yeah. Did he go away? Uh, no, he like, well, he got conservative. Oh. Oh, sorry, and yeah. he would do things with Prager and uh, Ravi Zacharias, oh, right. yeah. and so of course, then you get unpersoned. Yeah. If, you, if you if you get off the, you know, you can have a show, and you can be the funniest comic in the United States, but once the once the special people, uh, the tolerant people, the people <laughs> who love each other, love everyone, the people who once the people who love everyone hate you, you're mm-hmm. over, you're done, yeah, you're off, yeah, you're off the <laughs> island. Good. I don't want to be on their island anyway. Yeah, their island sucks. It smells like <laughs> garbage, and they whine a lot, and uh, they're always doing like really weird. They're way too interested in your kids on that island. Oh man. Oh, my They've goodness. got big plans for your kids. Nickelodeon, uh, I guess, is having uh, a trans show. Nickelodeon. Remember, yeah. we used to watch. You can't do that on television, and all those great shows. 
and it was for kids, and it was wholesome. I thought it was pretty wholesome. And now, I used to work for Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and now it's a... Uh, now it's got a black drag queen tranny up there telling you stuff. And yeah. I I said that on Twitter today. I said, you know, I look at these science fiction artists and fantasy artists and I look at the worlds that they create and I think we could have that. We could have those stories inside those worlds for our TV and our movies. Yeah. But instead we get basically child's pro- programming clown show propaganda. Yeah. There's, there, you know, like, I mean, it's just like, it's just getting bad, but... I was discussing with Jason today. I said, I think Bitcoin is the way that we get a, a property movie made because I think Bitcoiners who are kind of freedom minded, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's the way to, to do it with financing. They have the financing to do it. And I think that there's an investment to be made in entertainment. The first one to do non woke programming and to get back to that story to the first one to go back and make an Indiana Jones where it's just a pure fun movie you don't have any of the agenda or anything like that. that person is going to print money hand over fist. And I told that to some some network executives or, you know, Hollywood people that I was doing business with about six months ago. And they agreed with me. And then they promptly went out and, you know, did the opposite. So the money's there, you know. It's like Christopher Columbus. That whole area is free over there. You go over there and get that stuff. No, you're a bigot. <laughs> we could never go over there and do that. Yeah, but it's great. There's land and silver and you can build stuff. No, you're a bigot. You know, <laughs> we'll just stay here and make tranny shows and cover up all the kids we molest. Kevin Spacey and that guy who runs Nickelodeon and uh, the Brian Singer guy and Harvey Weinstein and. Apparently Tom Hanks, like all these people who have like a lot of really bad accusations against them. Mm -hmm. But let's never investigate those. Let's go after the MAGA shaman, the MAGA grannies, the white supremacy, you know, all that stuff. Got an Amazon driver, black guy, slapping the hell out of a 67-year-old woman on camera, telling her to check her white privilege. But you know what? On all the TV shows I watch, it's always the poor old black grandmother mm-hmm. and the whiteies in there. And they're like, hey, you know, they're all the white guys are always being bigots and they've always got the flannel on and they're driving the pickup truck and they're unshaven and they're bad guys. And then I go look at the ring camera and it's this guy slapping the grandma around. Yeah. You know, exactly. so one of these things is not like the other. Well, and like, I don't, I don't know if this is exactly the same, but even the cnn guy that got leaked by project veritas with the whole asian hate thing that guy admitted you know unwittingly not knowing he would be uh (laughs) it would be leaked but he admitted like well i started looking into it and it was a lot of african americans and i'm like and he said i'm like we're trying to help you guys why are you doing this stop slapping asian people around that's the statistics like it's (laughs) it's not there's reality and then there's everything you see on tv which is a contrived narrative yeah and it's not going to get better until you have the truth. Any alcoholic will tell you that. You can't make a bargain with your problem. You can't say, well, I'll only drink on vacation. Or, well, I'll only drink on Tuesdays. You can't do that. you, you got to say, you know what, i got a problem with alcohol. And that's what the entire nation has to say if you have problems. You know, you've got to be, like, here's what I would say. You know, I would say this. From that side, you hear these terms justice and equity. And and they say, you know, there's got to be justice and there's got to be equity. And this might surprise everybody, but I would say that's true. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not necessarily the equity Thank part, because yeah. I don't agree equality, with that, but I would say equity. equality. Equity's and I think you guys would have to meet me halfway on that. But there needs to be justice. I want justice, not justice, but, uh, uh, you know, social, like justice, you know, no racism, no systemic stuff, which there isn't or anything like that. But you know what? There are abuses and there are things that need to be cleaned up. And we, we I think all of us, I, I don't know any actual racists. Mm-hmm. I think... Everybody wants those things. And I think that there should be equality, but real equality, in which everybody gets to try. Quality of opportunity. The equality of opportunity. And so, you know, if there have been hindrances to that on either side, let's clean those up and let's give the kids and the younger people the opportunity to try. That's equality. But Mm -hmm. I would say this. So they go with the George Floyd thing and they say... You know, he, you know, equ- equity and justice, that would have solved all this. I'm like, eh, you're almost there. And, and I think the vast majority of Americans would agree with you. But here's the problem you're missing. And this is the problem you're missing in every argument. Law and order. You can't behave badly and then terrorize everybody, steal from a community, Michael Brown, go into a liquor store, knock over an Asian guy, steal smokes, and then get gunned down by a cop beating on him in the street. You can't do bad. You got to clean that up. And I would say, here's what we should do. The made it side of society, the privileged side, whatever you want to call it, let's let's go all in on on the justice and the equality. Let's let's do our part. If these people have grievances, let's 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 listen to it. Let's be on the patrol for it, but let's not sabotage a specific group. Let's make it not about the melatonin in your skin. Let's just make sure that that everybody gets their shot and that it's fair. And you're going to find that there are some results in there you're not going to like. But let's just be honest about those on both sides. Um, But the other side has got to do their part on law and order. You cannot go out stealing and rioting and terrorizing and burning and looting and doing a year's worth of far worse than the insurrection, quote unquote, and then and then think that anybody's going to come to your side. You can't, like I was saying with the alcoholism thing, you can't bargain about that. You can't say, I, w- I won't drink on Tuesdays. The reason George Floyd was in that position was because he was a career criminal and drug addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he had problems. I know, I know. Everybody's got problems. But he was out there committing crimes that day. And it was a hot day, and it was a tense situation, and the paramedics and the cops will tell you that they get attacked during those things by the mob. If if the mob had not been agitating, maybe the cops would have been able to concentrate on the man dying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Other cops, maybe the, the cop is accused of murder. But constantly disregarding law and order isn't helping anybody. Yeah. And that's the side that they need to stop. So what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't think both sides are that far apart. I think it's in the best interest of the establishment to keep us divided. Mm -hmm. But I think if we could get rid of the establishment and man-to-man, people-to-people start talking, I think that there are four components to a society. Equality, justice, law, and order. If everybody's nailing all four of those things, then there shouldn't be any complaints. But right now, you have a group of people that want to say, we only want equality, or we want equity, which is not equality. That is, that is racism. And we want justice, and the justice only goes one way for them, um, meaning they get to burn and loot all summer long, all year long, even tonight. And uh, the other people who do things like them, they get thrown in the super secret FBI DOJ prison and never see the light of day. That's not justice. Mm-mm. Justice is for all, not for some. Mm-hmm. So we got to fix that. 
Then we got to do law and order. Everybody's got to abide by the law and order. Whether you like it or not, run, vote, write. You can change laws. Not all laws are just. Ask the Nazis. But we've got to do law and order. And if we could all do those four things, I think we're actually a lot closer to having a unified cultural American society that doesn't probably want these shenanigans. There's always going to be extremists on both sides that want to create this, but I think that there is a lot of people who are tired of it. And I think the path towards that is is uh, the acceptance of these four values, you know, uh, and then and then we can all kind of respect each other and do our thing and not give each other a bad time. But uh, you have people that want to make enemies out of everybody else. They want to be right all the time about what they're doing, and they want to make sure that you're wrong all the time. Unfortunately, I don't think we're close to that because you have things like National Geographic taking pictures of white people or black people and then doing this social justice stuff and the pronouns and my white privilege and blah, blah, blah. The liberal elite who are controlling so much of the media are so all in on this. And what they, maybe they do realize it, but it's a constant slur against the majority population that we're somehow all bad, all racist. And that just is not my experience. I know the majority population. They are not racist. They're good, hardworking people, and they want to give everybody a fair chance. And I think they love and like people of color. Yeah. And I, I've never seen. I, I've, I've seen. I've seen more white people bend over backwards to make those people feel accepted and in, included, and to give them a break. And I've seen a lot of ungratefulness on the other side. And I've seen a lot of people who really take them up on that offer and prosper. And I, I just both sides need work. No one's perfect. But if you think making one side a constant villain and the other side magically untouchable is going to get us anywhere, the only place it's going to get us is to the war that they want. And And that war prevents a war with China. Yeah. And a lot of us, like this is how I would say I feel, a lot of us don't even think of people in those terms. Like, as in, oh, that person's a black person, that person's an Asian person. I don't, I'm just like... Is that person a nice person? Okay, great. And, like, they're a nice person. That's it. Like, I care about, like, nice people, mean people. I don't really like mean people. I like nice people. That's it. Like, it's not even a thought to me. It's, like, it's stupid. And I feel like most people are actually in that camp. You're absolutely right. Most people are like that. It's just you have... You have a group of people that have found it advantageous now to, to drag everybody down into that gutter. So, I don't know. Those are my those are my expressed thoughts on the subject. I, I think uh, now we're going to go have lunch, dinner, early dinner with Doc Spears and his lovely wife. And uh, you're going to have a cocktail. You're going to have a cocktail tonight. Everybody loves to know what kind of cocktail you're going to have. I am. Um, let's see. What am I going to have? A sea I foam. Think... I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sounds good. A sea monkey. You'll have to tell me what it is. In the comments, what would a sea monkey cocktail be? (laughs) I think it would. A sea monkey cocktail would be uh, gin and tonic and rum. That sounds gross. Gin and tonic. Yeah, it sounds a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) The rum's kind of an oddball in there. Well, the rum is the monkey. Mm -hmm. And then the sea is what? Tequila? Gin? Uh, Tequila and rum. That's a sea monkey. With lime. Tequila and rum. Huh. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is there a juice in there? I know. And like salt you... water. <laughs> from the ocean. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible cocktail. <laughs> we'll tell you on tomorrow's podcast okay. what she had. 
Thank you for hanging in there, hanging in, in the comments. Check out Control Alt Revolt, and if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe. We're gonna start dropping some free content, and just it's a great way to support the podcast. Or you ha- mean also some behind, like some yeah, some behind content. the special subscriber content, subscriber content, which you already dropped some, which you would immediately get access to, and then there's gonna be a lot coming this month. Yay! So uh, jump in there and subscribe and support the podcast and share it. And tell your friends about it and keep showing up because it's just fun to have these conversations with everyone. And I love reading the comments and send us in all the directions you want to go. Have a great beginning to the week. That is the podcast.